1938, a character was born that would endure to this very day, appearing in comic books, movies, TV and radio shows, video games, and one Broadway musical. That musical was It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. And while 11 actors have played the role in TV, radio, and film, only one wore the cape and tights on Broadway. That actor was Bob Holiday. Bullets can't hurt me. Although Bob may not have been a household name and the show had a short-lived run, to those of us who were lucky enough to see him in the role, he was our Superman. Tony Collins saw the show when she was 11. I was fortunate enough to have been in New York in 1966, and I had the privilege of seeing It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, and afterwards meeting Bob Holliday, still in costume as Superman, backstage. Forty years later, I wrote him a fan letter. And that started up an email correspondence that eventually became a telephone call relationship, I guess, and we became very good friends. And has the distinction of befriending Superman. She's here to talk about it. I'm Steve Fisher, and this is Life Slices. our guests. Not the exact same question, but similar. Who is Tony Collins? Thank you so much for asking. I'm mostly a mother. I was a computer science major in my youth, and I was fortunate enough to have been in New York in 1966, and I had the privilege of seeing It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, and afterwards meeting Bob Holliday, still in costume as Superman, backstage. Forty years later, I wrote him a fan letter because the internet was now around and one could find former stars and current stars. And that started up an email correspondence that eventually became a telephone call relationship, I guess. And we became very good friends. I actually called him almost every week for the last 10 years of his life. Wow. That's that's probably more. He had kids, didn't he? Yes. What kind of relationship did he have with his children? Well, he's, I'm still very close with his youngest daughter. And she actually, even after she married, her husband moved into the house. And so he's very close with his youngest. I, I don't know the others. Yes. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. Okay, but, uh, yes. Because I want to start with, what is It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman? It is the Broadway show that was dedicated to an original story written about the character Superman. It played for four months on Broadway, opened to wonderful reviews, and unfortunately, in retrospect, many people feel that it was unfortunate that DC Comics licensed both both the Broadway play as well as Batman on television concurrently. And so there's there was a great feeling that, well, I can see Batman for free. Why should I pay good money to go see Superman on Broadway? The show was not necessarily a kiddie show. It was actually written with adults in mind as the audience, but it was not perceived that way. And unfortunately, that seemed to affect ticket sales. Now, you said that you were, and I want to get into that in a second, sure. because I had heard a rumor that had nothing to do with ticket sales, but we'll get nope. get to that in a minute. We'll get to that. Great. So you didn't grow up in New York. I did not. I was born in New York, 
My mother is a New Yorker. My father raced harness horses all over the country and happened to meet my mother in, at Roosevelt Raceway in New York. So they continued to travel until I started kindergarten. And then they had a home base here in California because harness drivers tend to winter their horses and not race them. And, you know, they want good weather for that. So Del Mar, California has a very well-known racetrack and many, many harness racing families settled in the area because it was a good place to winter the horses. I don't think horses would do very well on ice. No, 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 no. <laughs> if they could, that would be a whole new Disney spectacular that they could yes. come up with. Yes. You, so you happen to be in New York yes. during the four-month run of this show. Which, That's as correct. You to- said before, was not exactly a huge success. Were you a huge Superman fan going into it, or you just wanted to see a Broadway show and this seemed like it might be for kids? I was a huge Superman fan. A huge Superman fan, very dedicated to watching George Reeves in the mornings, very dedicated to buying comic books still at 11 years old, and for quite a few years into my teen years, too. So I was a big Superman fan, as was my younger brother. We happened to be in New York. As I said, my mother was a New Yorker. We often went back there. And so she bought tickets for the three of us, as well as a cousin who was traveling with us to go see the show. As I mentioned to you before we did the call, I saw it twice. I was in junior high at the time. I went to see a preview performance. Ah. And then after it opened, my class was trying to decide on a Broadway show to all go see. It's like a little field trip. I had suggested It's a Bird, It's a Plane. It's Superman. Oh, that's great. And they loved it, and they all jumped at it and said, okay, we're going to do that. And then we had to get consent slips from our parents. So I went to my parents, and I said, my class is going to see It's a Bird, It's a Plane of Superman. I need your consent. They went, no. I said, what do you mean, no? They said, you've seen it already. Oh, dear. I said, but my class is going. Well, no, we're not going to sign it. We're not giving you the money for the tickets because you've already seen it. So I went to school the next day and I came home and I lied to my parents, neither of whom are alive to hear this now. Oh, dear. (laughs) I, I said, well, we switched and we decided to go see Man of La Mancha instead. And they said, "Okay, good. And they signed the consent form and gave me the money for the ticket. And then I was never able to see Man of La Mancha because supposedly I had already seen it. Who was Bob Holiday? Bob Holiday had been an actor for many, many years. His career, if you will, started when he was seven years old and he entered a little talent contest in the Catskills and he won and he won a lollipop. And as he put it in his autobiography, I liked lollipops, so I kept singing. <laughs> And he had a very vigorous career in nightclubs. He was, I don't know if he was drafted or or enlisted in the army during the Korean War, but he got to serve the troops as an entertainer and a disc jockey in the military, came out, continued his career. He actually was Sir Lancelot in the touring company opposite Constance Towers and Howard Keel in the touring company for Camelot. So not on Broadway, but the touring company. And then he, his first actual Broadway appearance was in Fiorello. So Fiorello, right, for those who don't, who are too young to know, is Fiorello LaGuardia, the former mayor of New York, who was a very small person. So of course, they wanted to cast very tall people around him. And at six foot four, 
Bob fit that bill. He sang for his audition, Five Foot Two, Eyes of Blue, which I thought was a brilliant choice when he told me that. <laughs> and he played, a, it was a, a smaller part, but he played the assistant to Fiorello, so one of his office staff. Interesting. Yeah, that's yes. a show that you don't see redone a lot. Because, you don't. Probably because people don't know today. Most don't know who Fiorello LaGuardia was. They know the airport, and that's it. But it, it's a very joyous show. Actually, when I bought the cast album, I was just amazed that it's not done more, because it's just a fun show with terrific music. Bob once said that Tom Bosley, who played Fiorello... Which most people will know Tom Bosley from Happy Days. Yes, he was the father on Happy Days. And he was so connected with that role and did such a marvelous job that it was actually difficult to cast anyone else to take over that role. He had done it so beautifully. So he was the, the show was identified with Tom Bosley. And if I can take a second to, Tom Bosley stayed friends with Bob Holiday for many, many years. Bob was very touched that he came to one of the early performances of It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. Bob felt that he learned a lot about stagecraft and behavior on Broadway from Tom Bosley. So he was kind of a mentor to Bob Holiday. Now, you tell a story about how he got the part of Superman on the website, which was fascinating. I hear things not from Bob. Bob got wind that there was a big part that he might be eligible for and might be a good candidate for, but he didn't know what it was. And he finally called the secretary to Hal Prince, who was the producer and director. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. He finally called the secretary and she told him when casting would take place. And he was so excited, he went running down to Hal Prince's offices. He gets to the elevator, the elevator doors open, and out walks Hal Prince, the producer-director, Charles Strauss, the composer, and Lee Adams, the lyricist. And the three, I don't know which one of them said it, but they said out of their mouths came in, Bob Holiday. Bob Holiday, are we glad to see you. Now, I've read in other places that Hal Prince always had Bob in mind for the role of Superman because he remembered him. He was affiliated with Fiorello. He may have been the producer, I'm not sure, but he he knew what a good job. Bob had that earnestness and sincerity and do-gooderness. <laughs> um, in fact, if you listen to the song that Bob sings in Fiorello on the side of the angels, you'll find that that the lyrics are almost a premonition of him playing Superman. It's all how I, I want to fix the world and change things and be good. And <laughs> it's just terrific. We have a copy of the song on the Fiorello page on the website. So Superman was kind of a foretold part for him. and, and he I, did, I think so. He very <laughs> much, if you look up uh, on the website, you'll see he looks very much like Superman. As yes. Superman did in, in the comics and in TV and, and movies. The story you told on the website, you said he didn't get the part immediately. He did not. He was called back. And he was thrilled. He kept getting called back, and there were smaller and smaller number of men. I have read that there were 50 men auditioning for this role. There was a former muscle builder who'd been a kind Mr. America or something. There was there were singers. It was stiff competition for the role of Superman. And finally, it came down to two people. They were asked to sing. They were asked to read, both Clark Kent and Superman. And at the end, they said to the other man that he could go home, and Bob realized he had the part. And he was just 
just sailing, just so happy. And he was perfect. I can't imagine. I only saw him, even though I saw the show twice. I, I saw him both times. And I can't imagine anybody else doing the role. I'm sure he had an understudy, and I'm sure... There were times when somebody had to go on for him because I know I, he I never believe, missed a performance. Really, I, be, never I thought I had read that he broke a leg or something one time. He did get hurt. I actually read that he didn't remember it. I asked him about it. So there was a lead pipe. One of the bad guys hit him with a lead pipe, and it really was a metal pipe. And he did get hurt. So he he did have to play the role with a limp for a little while. But it was so insignificant that when I asked him about that, having read it in I believe an old playbill from the show. He didn't even remember that that had happened. I thought I had read that he fell. That one time the cable broke. Oh, he did. And, and then he fell. So that did happen. Oh, that did happen. He fell about six feet. And as he puts it in his autobiography, thank God I was working out because I bounced up. I turned to the audience, put my hands on my hips and said, that would have hurt any mortal man. <laughs> <laughs> And got a standing ovation. Great, great yes, comeback. Yes, yes. The, one of the performances I saw, he now he would do a thing in the show that would stage when he had to fly. He'd back up to a flat and a stagehand would connect the cable. Yes. He wasn't walking around with the cable during the scene. And one time at one of the performances I saw, he backed up. They supposedly attached the cable. He went up, up and away and didn't go anywhere. Oh my goodness. And he looked he looked around, looked at the audience and went held a finger up and said, "Hold on a minute." And he backed up to the thing again. The guy hooked up the cable. He said, "Up up and away." And then he took off. Oh <laughs> my goodness. So you were there. I'd heard about that and you were actually there. That was there. fabulous. <laughs> How great. <laughs> it was terrific. And you and as an audience member and even though I was a teen preteen at the time you have a total acceptance of everything going on yes. on the stage and even though you know that this guy isn't really flying that he's got a cable you still buy it all you do and you still it was just great to see and it's interesting i had a gentleman interview me bob was still alive but but uh he was interviewing me and he he was certain that the reason the show didn't he was younger right? And he was so certain that the show had ended soon because of that cable and people could see the cable. And wouldn't that be ridiculous? But there's a magic in the theater, right? in live theater, <laughs> that you, you, you allow yourself to suspend disbelief and, and watch this all happen. And Bob Holiday was such a good actor. Why or not you knew he was flying? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, he, he he played it so well. I don't know how he had, because he had this pose when he took off flying that yes. I, I don't know how you hold that pose while a cable is lifting you into the air. But yes. that's another story. Now, how did you get to meet him? <laughs> On the weekends, anyone who bought a souvenir program, children could come back and get an autograph from him backstage. He remained in costume. And it's really interesting because I my memory was that he was up on a platform. And I held that memory for many years until another fan whose mom had taken a picture of Bob signing an autograph for this gentleman, Bert Gibbs, showed me a picture that his mom had taken. And I realized, oh, Bob wasn't on a platform. He was just tall. <laughs> I mean, to this date, I'm only at some point in my life, I think I was five foot two, but I'm down in the five foot <laughs> So you got to meet him at 11. At 11. And, and you said you didn't connect with him again until decades later. 
almost 40 years. I just, to add a, a couple of things, my mother used to volunteer at the Westbury Music Theater when we were in New York in the summers. And so she knew, she was friends with people that Bob had performed with. In particular, a gentleman who I had the opportunity to meet, Richard Nielsen, had played Merlin in Camelot touring with Bob several years before. So my mom was pretty good about dropping names like that. <laughs> and so she waited, she sent Bob a note before the show, and she made sure that we were the last in line. And I still remember Bob's booming voice saying, you're Delphine? I thought you'd come back before the show. We did get to talk to him for quite a while. I teased him mercilessly that I was just old enough to recognize he was flirting with my beautiful mother. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you could have had a whole different relationship with him. Yeah, if you, I suppose if you so. hadn't been there to interfere with his flirting. That's <laughs> right. It's all, all your fault. So talk about how and why you reconnected with him all those years later. Over the, you know, the internet kind of opened up a whole new world. I always thought I would see him on television or see him in a movie somewhere. He was a great actor. He really was. And that never happened. I remember looking on IMDb, internationalmoviedatabase.com, at one point, didn't find him in there. And then in 2003, Bob appeared or made a, an appearance at the Metropolis, Illinois Superman Celebration. There really is a city named Metropolis that's at the south end of Illinois, and they have worked with DC Comics to make, they are allowed to declare it to be the home of Superman. And every year they have a Superman celebration. Well, in 2003, Bob was invited to go to that. He was contacted by a man named Chuck Harter, and Chuck and Bob together wrote Bob's autobiography. You know, Chuck was definitely a very helpful person in bringing Bob back into America's consciousness. So he arranged for Bob to appear on a panel talk and, and make other appearances at the Superman celebration. And a gentleman named Steve McCracken built a website to publicize that appearance at the Superman celebration. And I guess I must have been looking once again for Bob Holiday. <laughs> you need to know this. I, I was a, a church musician. I loved to sing, and I had sung along with the cast album for 40 years. I sang along with that cast album so much that I would occasionally hear my children humming the tunes, and they had never seen it. I did the same thing, but I did not. Well, I played every part, of course. In it. Well, not Lois Lane, but I, <laughs> I, I, I did play Max Mencken and Superman when I oh, was that's in fabulous. My, my bedroom at home. And one thing that bothered me, I felt that Jack Cassidy had really the best numbers in, in the show, the songs. True. But I was appalled that when I saw the show that Jack Cassidy got the star curtain call. Because I said, no, it's Superman. Superman right. should get the star call. But no, he, he came out first and then Jack Cassidy came out. Yes. And Jack Cassidy had a name. Bob Holiday recognized he did not have a famous name. And he really respected Jack Cassidy as a performer, as, as a co-worker. And they got along tremendously well. And Bob really understood why Jack Cassidy was the lead name. Just like when The Sound of Music movie was made, Julie Andrews was an unknown. And the woman who played the, the Countess was actually the big name in that movie. Christopher Plummer was unknown, and I can't even remember her. Eleanor something. It wasn't Eleanor Powell, was it? 
It was, yes. It was, okay. Yes, yes. So she, really, when they were promoting The Sound of Music, it was starring Eleanor Powell, not Julie Andrews, not Christopher Plummer. Nobody much remembers that today. <laughs> Bob very much understood why Jack Cassidy's name was important to the success of the show. And he knew that there was a lot of back and forth between Hal Prince and Jack Cassidy about how big Jack's role should be. And, and what Bob said is that he just kept his nose in his script and, and learned his lines and wanted to do the best job he could possibly do and let everybody else figure out what else was going on. And he did, I, as I read on, or I think I read on your, your website, Bob had a, a definite dedication to the role and took oh, it very much. seriously very in much. that he was representing an American icon. Yes. So think of this. Bob was born in 1932, and Superman entered Action Comics number one in 1938. So Bob was about six years old when Superman started, and he was a dedicated Superman comic reader. He loved Superman. He never really watched the George Reeves television series because he was working nights at that point in his life. But he had seen the serials with Kirk Allen playing Superman. And he remained a Superman fan all his life, loved Wonder Woman. He was a real comics reader. So he did love that. And in fact, during the audition process, when he was on pins and needles, wondering whether or not he would get the part, his mother said to him, oh, you'll get the part because you're such a big Superman fan. Every man has a job to do, and my job is doing good. Every night when the job is through, I fold my tights, proud to know I've done all I could. It's a satisfying feeling when you hang up your cape to know that you've averted murder, larceny, and rape. Every man has his job to do, well, back into the old Clark Kent disguise. I'll never stop doing good. Other men have their work to do. But as for me, I must live not one life but two. This disguise is really wonderful for who would guess? That underneath this white shirt is a great big red S. Every man has his job to do, and my job is doing good. I'll never stop doing good. Oh, it's hard to keep on wearing the old Clark Kent smile. But I know I have to do it cause my work is so worthwhile. La-dee-dum, it's a funny life. Still and all a life well spent. So here you go, bravery gone, meek and mild, glasses on, Superman, now you're Clark Kent. Do you know why he decided to retire from acting and he went into real estate? I, I actually had, I grew up partially in Forest Hills, New York, and I had a cousin who lived there who called me one day. 
he had gone to see Superman with me musical. And he went, I just ran into Bob Holiday. He's working at a real estate office in Forest Hills. What made him give up acting? Because he was doing fairly well, wasn't he? He was doing well. After Superman closed, he decided to go to Hollywood. So that would have been 1966. And if you think back to what was happening then, musicals, movie musicals, were falling out of favor. You know, you had Carousel being made with an Oklahoma got made, and it just kind of, the, the genre kind of was fading away. And that would have been his prime real estate, if you will, the prime kind of thing he would do. And then he had a huge disappointment. He was actually cast as the father in The Brady Bunch by Sherwood Schwartz. And he, he was told he had the part. It was, he actually, they then decided they had not yet cast Mrs. Brady, and it was the chemistry between Bob and Florence Henderson that got her to cast as Carol Brady. And then the studio overrode Sherwood Schwartz's decision. He called Bob in tears that there was nothing he could do. They wanted a known television actor, and that's how, why they cast Robert Reed. Just before she died, about six months before she died, I actually found a way to contact Florence Henderson. And I asked her, do you have any memories? If they're not good, don't worry, I will never tell Bob. Uh, and she said, oh, I thought Bob was a wonderful actor. And I was always surprised that he did not get the part. And she said, and I never saw him again. Oh, to think that you're on the cusp of superstardom like yes. that and yes. to have it ripped out from under you. But yes, that's the cautionary tale about Hollywood. Yeah, it is. It very you much can't is. trust anything. Yes. He was then cast opposite Anthony Roberts in Promises, Promises, and he played J.D. Sheldrake. Every Superman always plays a bad guy at some point. And that, I believe, was his. So he played that there at the Los Angeles Music Center for quite a while and then went on tour with the show and with Anthony Roberts. And then that role was recast. The main role was re recast. I think the man's name was Anthony Pugh. Let's see if I have that here. Anyway, Promises, Promise. Anthony Teague. So he had several leading ladies during the different tours. He remembers those days fondly, but he was getting tired of being on the road. And I did not know he was in Forest Hill, New York. The way he tells it is he found Holly, Pennsylvania. He fell in love with the town. He also fell in love with a, a woman there. Got married, had three children, but he found he had a knack for real estate. And after selling real estate, he actually started designing homes and went into construction of homes. And Bob Holiday Custom Homes was his business for 30 years. So really, I would always tell him, you know, there aren't too many people who get two successful careers in their lives. So he was really an actor for 30 years and then a home builder for 30 years. Did he ever indicate to you that he missed performing? No, he was really, really content with what he was doing. And he loved designing homes. I, obviously, he's an artistic man, and, and that artistry came out in designing really, I hate to say it, holiday homes for people in Pennsylvania around, I don't know how to pronounce it, Lake Wallenpawpock, you may know it. But he loved doing that, and he retired from that. Before we go, I want you to, first of all, give the URL of the webpage so that people can find it. It's supermanbobholiday.com, and holiday is spelled with one L. Not two. So as someone who has done this, what advice would you give to someone who wants to connect with a, perform a performer they've seen? 
Wow. And I'm not talking about Taylor Swift or some superstar <laughs> like that. But theater actors are seem to be easier to connect with than that is film very stars true. or music stars. Right. I And I think theater actors tend to be very happy to find out that people appreciate their work because they're not as many people see theater as see a movie, a blockbuster movie, as see a rock star, as you said, like Taylor Swift. I, I lucked into it in that here I'd been singing along with this man for 40 years. I really wanted to know if he still sang. Quite frankly, that's what kind of motivated me to write the letter. Every once in a while, we'd break into tune together on the phone, but... Too bad you didn't record that. Oh, yeah, never did. You know, it was it was an honest-to-goodness friendship. I wasn't doing this for, for, um, for any claim to fame myself. Anyway, after we'd been talking on the phone back and forth, I realized that that website that Steve McCracken had built was built. And it was talking about the Superman Celebration Conference. And it was not talking about the Broadway show at all. Bob had paid him. They kind of weren't working together at all. And I said, well, Bob, I have a computer science degree. Would you like me to work on your website? And he, he, he actually said, I would love that. Well, I have a computer science degree from 1977. They hadn't even invented personal computers then. So I had to learn modern programming languages, not Fortran and COBOL and all those ancient languages. And it was like, I always say it was like having a baby because it took me nine months to finally realize there were really, whenever you see a website, you're seeing two different programming languages that are kind of cantilevered together. And once I realized that, all the, all the punctuation differences that I was seeing today, I mean, that was 2007. Today, I could have gone online and found how to build a website or, you know, they have things where you can just drag and drop. But in 2007, that wasn't around. I really had to learn programming languages and finally kind of gave birth to the website. Is there a question that you would like to answer that I haven't asked? What a good question. I would, I, I guess we talked about what Bob did after Superman, the place he was in. He was also in Lady in the Dark. Camelot was beforehand. He played Beauregard in MAME opposite Ann Miller on a West Coast production of MAME. And I can't find any programs for that anywhere. I keep searching and searching and searching, but nobody seems to be eBaying that for me right now. <laughs> So if anybody out there listening knows where we can get a program to that, please let us know. Please do. I would I would love to get my hands on a program from there, from that. So he he loved he loved performing and he loved designing homes later. I, and as you said, he went into real estate first. He was selling homes. That kind of sparked something artistic with within him. I do have one page on the website that shows homes from his promotional brochure. At, at Bob Holiday Homes. So those homes are still standing in that little town yes. in Pennsylvania. You can go and buy a, buy one yes. if it's available. Yes, yes. But it's a collector's item. Did he sign the homes in any way? <laughs> no, but here's a wonderful story. I got an email. At some point, Bob's computer broke down and I started handling all his email. I would read it to him. I would type back his answers for people. Just became kind of a service that I did for him. And I, we ended up getting an email from a woman. Bob had built her father's home in Lake Wallenpawpack. And she was now doing community theater, youth theater, I should say, 
and she was staging It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. Bob's health was not good enough for him to go see it, but it was wonderful to to watch. You know, I was kind of the intermediary that got to help the two of them communicate about the show. Her son was playing Superman. The small town always had a little parade where that year's youth theater play would parade through the town. Just a wonderful, wonderful connection got made. And so she had actually met Bob when she was a little girl, and now she was staging his show. Isn't that great? That's great. I'm glad to hear how open he was to meeting fans. And I did hear that he was great at staying in costume after the show. And greeting kids coming yes. backstage and that yes. he took that very seriously. He took that very seriously and literally to the end of his life, anytime someone would reach out because of the website, someone would reach out to say, I saw you on Broadway. He was so thrilled. There were also people who became his fan just listening to the cast album, and they loved him. I've been fortunate with the help of a gentleman named Brian McKernan, tracked down a 1971 Velva commercial that starred Bob as Superman. Is that up on the site? It is up on the site under the tab video. Okay. It, it's fun. It's a one-minute commercial. You got to watch it. I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> Tony, we're out of time, but I thank you so much for being here. I've really enjoyed this. I hope the listening audience enjoys it as much as I, but I'm a big fan of the show to begin with. So That's uh, terrific. I've started a page with favorite memories from the show. So you write it down. I'll put it on the website. I will do that. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to Tony Collins for sharing her friendship with Bob Holiday. Many actors who toil in theater, as Bob did, don't get to see the kind of superstardom that comes from TV and film. Theater, if it's professional, does not pay the kind of wages that those mediums may carry. The excitement of performing in live theater and receiving applause is its own reward. Next time you are fortunate enough to attend a live theater performance, applaud loudly. And don't be afraid to reach out to the actors to thank them for the experience. Support live theater as much as possible. Professional or amateur, it's an art form that needs nourishment to live on. If you liked this program, please like Life Slices on social media and subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts. Life Slices is produced by Beatnik Ravens Productions, all rights reserved. (laughs) 